a marvel of industry, a marvel of nature, rich in indigenous culture, home to some of Canada's largest industrial projects. Kinemat, what's the future? Hello, my name is Devin Wall, and this is Kitimat. What's the Future? Brought to you by the Kitimat Chamber of Commerce and Spruce Tree Media. On this episode, my guest is Louise Avery. Now, Louise is the president of the Kitimat Community Foundation. They are the ones who are responsible for the Linoleum City Telethon, which just recently passed um, a few, a couple weeks ago. Louise, thank you for joining me. Thanks, Devin. So the telethon just passed a couple of weeks ago. Tell me, how do you feel? Oh, relieved. Actually, I'm, I'm glad that uh, we had another successful uh, telethon. We, we really worked hard on this one. And, you know, coming out of the pandemic, it was, uh, was a bit challenging. Um, we uh, asked uh, so many people to come and volunteer, and, and we still needed more people. But um, And also with the pandemic, uh, it has kept audiences away. Uh, we For the last two years, we didn't have an audience in the theatre, so that's going to be a bit of a challenge bringing people back. Uh, we're hopeful that it will happen uh, as we go along, but... Yeah, this year we didn't have a huge audience. Um, and so we were down a little bit in our funding, the amount that we raised. But other than that, I mean, wow, it was really successful with all the people that came and and donated and participated. It was was very nice to be back. Yeah, no, I did see some photos from it, and it was nice to see some people in the theater sitting in the theater. It looked like they were having a really good time, you know, especially watching like dance and gymnastics and stuff like that. How many years have you been involved with the telethon? I believe I started in 2010 when uh, there was a feeling that the telethon couldn't continue on because volunteerism had really dropped, and maybe we were. The people that were running it at the time were really tired. Um, it does wear you out after a while. So we came forward, uh, would be um, the organization I've been involved with uh, since 2009, was, uh, is Kitimat Arts for Youth. And I asked the group, uh, my other CAFI colleagues, uh, if they'd like to get involved with the telethon because it was opportunity too to get some funding. And um, so we came forward and um, and took over programming. That that year in 2010, we had, uh, there were a couple of women who wanted to leave and they, and they mentored us uh, for, for that uh, year. And then we took over the following year in 2011 and and I've been doing it ever since backstage and getting the program together. It takes a bit of time. We have to have the performers in, in town. And so we choose, like, ask all local performers. And they usually say yes. Sometimes they want a year off, of course. And, and then often we get a new, new performers coming forward and saying they'll perform, which is fantastic because then we can have a, a varied program. It's not the same one each year. 
Right. So how long has the actual telethon itself been going on? How did that get started? Oh, uh, it's been going since uh, 1979 was the first telethon. And I guess the first official year, they said, gee, you know, that was a great event. (laughs) Why don't we do this every year? (laughs) And so the next, the official one, I suppose, was 1980. But the first one was the pilot, was 1979. And in those days, it was pretty grassroots. You know, anybody could come from the audience up on stage and talk. <laughs> and and they had all sorts of really different types of uh, acts. Uh, I remember there were these three ladies uh, who um, came on stage uh, and would perform the Whitecap song. And they would have uh, their pom-poms and they were dressed up in uh, soccer gear and and uh, they would sing that um, every every year on the stage and the original host was Doug Smith and he was quite a showman Um, he would participate in all the demonstrations he'd get tights on and (laughs) and run and do the balance beam and for the gymnastics and and uh yeah he was game for anything so um they uh in fact that has remained a tradition at the telethon for the host and the co-host to get into say dance outfits or gymnastics outfits and and participate in some kind of demonstration. So it's, uh, yeah, and, and, and because it started in 79 and it's been going every year, it's really, uh, people just really are tuned to know that fall is here and it's telephone, telephone time. So actually led up to it with a cake draw, which usually we'll have a raffle at Save on Foods or when when it was overweighty as well. Uh, But in past years, it's become quite difficult to continue with that. Uh, So we we were in the last couple of years, we actually haven't, or maybe three years, we haven't been selling uh, raffle tickets. So I've been thinking about how that might be an important part to bring back in to re-energize that aspect of the telethon because people kind of expect to buy tickets and then they know, oh, it's the telethon's going to happen Mm -hmm. in the third. It's always the third Sunday in October and people are really tuned to that, especially people who've been here for years and years and years. Uh, they know that's the uh, third weekend is telethon. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, and you talk about that uh, cake raffle. And I remember seeing the cake sitting down there at Savon and like even at the telethon. And it, it's quite a substantial cake. Like it's, it's yeah. nothing to scoff at. It's <laughs> <laughs> and people do get used to, uh, because it's, um, I found this year, because we didn't have the raffle, nobody sitting at Save On, that uh, people didn't really know about the telethon. And I thought, how is that? It's all over everything. You know, we had an article in the newspaper, but people don't get the newspaper. We had an, uh, all over Facebook and 
And then we had our signs up and we put posters up and still people didn't know. So I kind of wonder if it's that grocery, that grocery thing is a key element. Yeah. So many people, so many people, it's, it's kind of just like right there in your face. And so many people go in and out of those doors that save on that it is is a really important um, aspect to it. So maybe, maybe that's yeah. the key to next year is, maybe. is bringing it back. So now tell me what, um, what is the Kinemet uh, Community Foundation and what part of the foundation is the, the telethon involved with? Okay. So uh, the Kinemet Community Foundation, it is uh, oversees the telethon. So in 2011, uh, the, um, Aluminum City Telethon Society, uh, we would be expensing, say, all of the funds raised. But there was an opportunity for the um, telethon to become transition into a foundation. And if they did so, they would receive that uh, $50,000 would be, was a matching grant through the uh, NDI, Northern Development Initiative Trust, and they're based in Prince George, so they would provide up to a matching up to fifty thousand dollars raised, so that you would get a hundred thousand dollars, and you Excellent. could in, and establish your community foundation. So we did that because at the time there was a lot of uh, people say that there wasn't enough money, um, and so the money, and when we had money. It wouldn't stay in the community. Um, not that, that that was an issue, but in in many places, you know, with the centralization money, you raise money and then it goes off somewhere. So there was a, a f- kind of a knee-jerk reaction, a feeling that, uh, you know, if you fund something or you raise money, uh, then you see it go off to the provincial Right, place right. centralized. So this is a way to address some of those lower amount of money spent and funding available at the local level. So what we did was we started investing uh, every year. We invested so much money into the community foundation uh, account. And so that's based in the Prince George Community Foundation. They in reinvest the funds and and raise, uh, raise funds on with the funds that we have invested there. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So, um, what that is, is really a rainy day fund, an investment fund for the foundation. And so the interest that's generated from that fund can be spent at the community level. So it's really a nest egg for Kitimat and for its future, uh, community endeavors, whatever those may be. Uh, and some community foundations have uh, very large investments. So you can generate quite a bit of interest from those. And then we have so much we can spend annually. So the foundation, Prince George Community Foundation, will let us know what we have to spend in addition to what we raise in the year. And so we do invest a certain amount uh, it's decreased over the last little while. We spend majority now in the community that's raised at the telethon because, uh, and then we invest some. So 
So what are some of the things that the telethon um, helps support in the community? Um, well, uh, we have uh, funded um, up to 10 charities in the community, and they're very diverse. So there's uh, going to say that a visual and performing arts, we've done different funding that's required by two charities in the community. And then there's another charity that delivers um, anti-poverty program. We funded that. There's also community child development. We funded programs for child development, uh, for critical services such as um, search and rescue. We've provided funding for some of their equipment needs, um, the recycling program, uh, Special Olympics, and um, recently uh, the Revenue Canada said that uh, at the local level that the foundations and other community like funding agencies can provide funds to um, non-registered donees. So I thought that was really interesting because I know the Kitimat Humane Society has been looking to uh, get registered status uh, to be a registered charity in Canada. But uh, I believe now the change is that they can apply and they don't have to be registered. So that opens up quite a bit more for the local level. Excellent. So it sounds like the Kitimat Community Foundation and the Telethon really help fund the backbone of Kitimat and kind of keeps Kitimat going. It's such an important um, event and such an important organization. Now, what is your favorite part about the Telethon? <laughs> well, I love backstage. I, I love seeing a program happen that we've created with all these performers and slotted them in and had them come for a sound check and working with the theater and all the tech crew. And I just love that kind of energy and putting a program together, a show. Uh, This year I heard some feedback. I got um, that it was quite seamless. There was a few bumps in the road with mics that weren't turned on, but that was very low in comparison to some years we've had some troubles, but this year was really wonderful. And, uh, you know, at Mount Elizabeth Theatre, they do, do an amazing job of, of really co-hosting this show with us. They really support us 100% and the camera crew and all the people that come in and run the booth and... It's great. Uh, And they've really done, they've actually invested in uh, digital camera equipment. Um, We had a bit of a a scare there for a while that um, we didn't have that. The camera equipment had aged and the technology didn't match anymore with what the channels were doing. And and so we we, uh, were able to... uh, Mount Elizabeth Theatre invested in uh, digital equipment and a digital soundboard, I believe, in the booth. And um, so we're really blessed that we can continue on with the telethon. It's actually our one and only fundraiser. I mean, thinking about it, uh, the volunteerism it takes to run events every year for a community foundation is quite daunting. Um, when you're depending on eight, say eight volunteers to run a 
big event, it, it can be quite overwhelming to like stage an event and then they get volunteers, of course, for the different areas, but that can be a really overwhelming thing and burns out people pretty quick. So definitely, definitely. Yeah. So you would say this is our one fundraising vehicle for the foundation. And then we have like uh, the charities who ever wants to apply for funding. It opens in January 1st and goes, uh, they put in their grant request by January 31st. And, and then we have a, uh, grant committee that reviews all the grant applications and then the funding is dispensed by March 15th. So we get it turned around pretty quick, but yeah, that's based on one event. So now if people want to uh, get involved, if they want to volunteer or they want to find out more information, where can they do that? Yeah. Um, they can, uh, e email info at Kitimat community foundation.ca uh, and uh, that will provide them, they can get information through that, our office, or they can reach out to me. I'm, I'm at the museum, Louise Avery, and uh, I'm, I'm there and can provide information and idea about how, how to get involved. Um, we're always looking for volunteers for the telethon, and we're always looking for um, foundation um, people who want to get involved with the foundation at say at the board level would love to hear from you excellent well thank you so much for coming on and joining me on this episode thanks Devin <laughs>